When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bonds should should lower overall volatility and should provide liquidity and all those properties that investors look for. She explains why bonds should be back in investors' portfolios. Top portfolio manager Mary Ellen Stanek is on Consuelo Mac WealthTrack. Funding provided by ClearBridge Investments, Morgan Le Fay Dreams Foundation, First Eagle Investments, Royce Investment Partners, Matthews Asia, Strategus Asset Management, and Women Investing in Security and Education. Hello and welcome to this edition of WealthTrack. I'm Consuelo Mack. How do you feel about bonds? Well, if you took most strategists' advice in recent years, WealthTrack guest Jeremy Grantham included, you would have shunned them. Interest rates had fallen to historic lows, pushing bond prices to historic highs. The two move inversely. As a result, bonds were dubbed the most expensive financial asset, the biggest bubble of them all. We are in the midst of a sea change. For most of the last four decades, bonds have been a superb investment. With a few notable exceptions, interest rates have been steadily declining since the early 1980s. That's when Fed Chairman Paul Volcker declared war on then rampant inflation. He hiked interest rates dramatically to suppress it and vanquished inflation until its recent return with current Fed Chairman Jerome Powell promising to do what it takes to fight a 40-year high in inflation now, bonds have finally had their comeuppance. Bonds had their worst start to any year since data began in 1976. A four-month stretch of declines sent the benchmark U.S. aggregate index down 9.5%. How do you manage through a cycle of rising interest rates and higher inflation? There aren't too many money managers who have that experience and have a track record of excellence through many different types of markets. This week's guest does. She is Mary Ellen Stanek, co-chief investment officer of Baird Advisors and president of the Baird Funds, where she heads up the fixed income team. Stanek was recently named Morningstar's Outstanding Portfolio Manager of 2022 for her, quote, disciplined and risk-aware approach, thoughtfully navigating various market environments and generating impressive absolute and risk-adjusted returns in her 22 years at Baird. Stanek is lead portfolio manager of the Baird Aggregate Bond Fund, rated five-star gold, and Baird Core Plus Bond Fund, rated four-star silver. Both funds have beaten their benchmarks since their inception in 2000 and in multiple years in between. I began the interview by asking Stanek about this new cycle of rising interest rates to combat inflation. Where are we? Clearly, we have seen a dramatic change. Uh, When we step back over the last several years, we experienced very low inflation and very low nominal interest rates, then experienced a global health crisis, a forced economic shutdown, and a restart. And all through that, interest rates fell and spreads got very tight. And now we are seeing you know, the pendulum swinging. So to your direct question about where are we in this cycle, 
The bond market is telling us that the Fed is behind. Right, that, and you feel that way. You feel yes, that the Fed yes. is, given inflation, given where the inflation, inflation levels are and where they want to go, that the, the Fed has not been aggressive enough in addressing the inflation levels that we've got. The Fed was trying to fight a potential battle of disinflation, deflation, right. and clearly interjected now in hindsight too much liquidity and ease too much and then the quantitative easing on top of the the uh, easier monetary policy so now we find ourselves on the flip side where the fed needs to begin a tightening cycle for, on a monetary policy basis and then we will experience some shrinkage of the balance sheet or quantitative tightening so all of that together has produced in typical of uh, the bond market, it got out at, ahead of the Fed. So today we find interest rates across the Treasury curve over 3%. Uh, they are now all over 3% from the two-year all the way out to the 30-year. Huge so, change. Very large Enormous. change. Enormous, yeah. So to answer your question about where are we, well, the bond market has gotten out in front of the Fed and anticipated several interest rate hikes already and popped yields up. Yield spreads have also started widening. Right. Corporate bonds and other spread sectors. So you're starting right. to see nominal yields substantially higher. Keep your seatbelt on. The Fed is beginning their process, both on the monetary policy tightening as well as the quantitative uh, tightening and particularly the, the runoff or shrinkage of the balance sheet. But um, the market has anticipated a fair amount of that already, and we see, we find ourselves today with higher yields. So we think while it, the Fed is in the earlier part of their cycle, right. the market is anticipating quite a bit. So the debate and dilemma today, and there are many cross currents, is does the Fed need to be even more aggressive and front load some decisions um, in the next several meetings to try to really attack and get at those in rising inflationary expectations. What do you think about thoughts and speculation like that? The belief based on the latest consumer price index information and th that inflationary data coming through it remains running very strong, is that they are going to uh, potentially need to be more aggressive in these earlier meetings in 2022, and particularly their rhetoric will need to sharpen. And remember, that's what they're trying to do, is hit uh, really and, and slow inflationary expectations. If you believe that inflation is high and going to stay high or rise even further from here, it will cause you to behave differently potentially. So market participants are caught, right? We've used the analogy in the past of lemons versus lemonade. The lemons part is you see the bond market rising and anticipating the, the rise in interest rates and, and moving market yields aggressively up. The lemonade for investors is that from here forward, you look at the yield on your portfolios and they are more attractive for sure than they had been you know, just a year or so ago. Right. So we've had a pretty significant move. 
The lemon part of that, of course, is as yields get more attractive, bond prices go lower. <laughs> they so go if you're lower. holding bonds, yeah, right. that's a dilemma, which we'll get to in a minute. But I, I want to um, just follow up on the Fed needs to show resolve. Right. And so the question is, if the Fed needs to tighten a lot more aggressively, how can we avoid recession? One of the pieces of data that was just reported was consumer sentiment, and consumer sentiment dropped very dramatically. And so the consumer, of course, is about 70% of real GDP. So right. when sentiment drops a lot, that is certainly of concern. So uh, the uh, probabilities that we will experience a recession sometime over the next year plus are certainly rising. So could we see, you know, a quarter or two of negative real GDP? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. We could see a softening in, in economic growth. It would be a very likely outcome in here. You got into the the business in what 1979, just as Paul Correct. Volcker was taking over and yes. ratcheting up interest rates, and he caused a, you know a, a pretty severe recession. Very severe. It's a whole different ballgame now for bond managers. What are you telling your younger teammates about uh, what to expect and how to manage in a market like this, which is something they have never experienced? Yes. So uh, over the 40-year period of time, certainly it has not been only one direction. No. You know, there have been a lot of bouts of volatility. And fortunately, our approach to managing bond portfolios is a hybrid that is not dependent on trying to time interest rates. So when you look at our long-term track records, they were built not by trying to anticipate interest rates and moving duration around, but all those other things we do to add value, yield curve positioning, sector allocations, underweights and overweights, and individual security selection. And so what we encourage our teammates, all of us, even uh, mm -hmm. the, the uh, experienced uh, veterans, is to stay focused. Stay yeah. focused on, for units of risk, are we being paid to take on that risk? Whether it be spread, additional spread risk in terms of as we venture beyond the treasury market, uh, and uh, are we, you know, always calibrating that risk return um, variable? While you don't wish the last couple of years on anyone, right? It has been a great living, learning laboratory for all of us, but particularly younger talent, because there are points in in time where investing it is not very clear and it can be very foggy, and there's right now, frankly, a lot of cross currents, and so you can, as an investor, get caught up in all that noise. Or you can stay focused on, you know, if, if you're a credit analyst, all right, let's go look at the fundamentals. Let's stress test this sector. Let's think about how this company's gonna weather the storm. Let's think about where on the yield curve I wanna own that bond. Uh, there's a whole number of things. Unfortunately, our style is such that at the same time, they're not trying to swing for the fences and try to make really big interest rate calls and move duration around. 
and try to add value that way. Others try to do that. We don't believe in that approach. Ours is really a hybrid of a passive. The passive nature of what we do is that duration or interest rate neutrality to the portfolio's benchmark. But the active part of what we do is all those other building blocks to add the value. In a previous interview, I loved a couple of things that you said. One is that, that you don't want to be exciting. Yes. <laughs> and the other one was that, that a, a client actually said that he, you know, he, he or she viewed uh, the, you know, the Baird bond funds as sleep insurance. You said that was a compliment. It was a badge of honor. So yeah. there have been a few restless nights more recently <laughs> with the volatility. But it, it is bonds should should lower overall volatility and should provide liquidity and all those properties that investors look for. And so, yes, that is really what we strive to do is we can't completely avoid the underlying volatility in the capital market itself. Mm -hmm. You know, effectively, foundationally, we just believe in the efficiency of the bond market itself and that over time it will discount risk and return and provide and pay investors appropriate risk adjusted returns. Um, what ends up emotionally freeing us in so many ways is this approach that we use. We're not trying to make those, get the crystal ball out and make these big top-down decisions. We have macro viewpoints about what we think is happening uh, but we're not trying to bet the ranch and try to drive returns that way. Because if in the bond market, and particularly investing in this asset class, if you're wrong, the cost of being wrong is very, very significant. Mm -hmm. We love our baseball analogies. We don't try to hit home runs because we don't want to strike out. It's too painful in this asset class. So. We try to hit a lot of singles. We will take a walk, hit by a pitch, whatever gets us on base, and have very high batting averages. And ironically, the more volatile the market environment, to take it back to today, the more volatile and uncertain the market environment, generally the more opportunities that appear for, for a manager like ourselves, who's looking at these relative relationships and trying to capitalize on them and take a basis point here, a basis point there. They might be what others would think are small little decisions. We do enough of them and that's how over time we've been able to drive the returns net of right. the cost to invest. So where are you seeing opportunities now, Mary Ellen? And, and is it gonna be different tomorrow? Is the market you know, changing so rapidly, what used to be considered a, you know, a staid, stable market, is, that's no longer the case. So where are you seeing opportunities now and, and can you make you know, generalities? Yes, so uh, generally, now the yield curve has gotten very flat. So again, the two Right, the difference between short, short and long short term. Short and long, maturities. they're all over 3% now on the longer mm -hmm. end. Right, so that is flat. There's not a lot of difference Very flat. Them. Right. So what that gives you is an opportunity to earn yield without having to go out very far on the yield curve. And so you can go shorter maturity to get the same, basically the same kind of yield or close to we that you can. would have to go out buying a longer bond, a longer maturity bond. Our preference okay. generally for the portfolios is, is short to intermediate uh, with our, particularly our spread sectors. 
And uh, that's where we find some great opportunity. As we go down in credit quality, still investment grade, um, we own smaller position size per name. It's a great buffer or diversification. You know, diversification matters and aids uh, portfolio uh, returns and, and lowers overall volatility. To your question about you know what tomorrow brings, I think one of the benefits, and you alluded to it earlier, I started my career in 1979 right in front of when Paul Volcker right. took interest rates and took them uh, to well over, you saw commercial paper rates over 20%. And another analyst and I were brand new. In fact, our the more seasoned players on the team dubbed us the bear market babies. When you start your career into what, at least so far, has been the worst bear market in bonds, it shapes you. It shapes how you think about risk. It shapes in terms of how you see opportunity. And through all of that, I learned a lot. And hopefully, um, we're able to impart that with with our younger talent to your question before about how you help coach, engage, lead teams through this and to uh, continue to encourage them to stay focused on what matters. And we think a lot about aligning the interests of our investors with our firm, with our team, with the incentives, how we make decisions, that we keep it elegantly simple with that investor in mind and over time, try to uh, pay for ourselves, the cost to invest, but then deliver something additional for investors. And generally, we like more volatile market environments because when others are selling to get out of the way or buying because now they're on the wrong side of it, you know, a duration call, they create opportunity. They're not worried about that last half of a basis point or you know, the quarter here or the quarter there. We are, and we're able to come in and provide, you know, provide liquidity and, and add value in our portfolios. Wall Street strategists, uh, as you know, for the last several years have been telling investors that bonds are in a bubble, that they are the most expensive asset class, that you really shouldn't be involved in bonds, you know, at all. And it driven investors into stocks, the acronym TINA, there is no alternative. That was because interest rates were so low. Are they still expensive? No, bonds, the, the relative value positioning of bonds versus other asset class, particularly equities, has changed. Mm -hmm. And to your point, there are many uh, very highly regarded strategists, one who, who uh, I'm privileged to, to work with uh, as it's a bear-owned company. And right, no, Jason Trenner Jason at Strategus, absolutely. At mm -hmm. Strategus, who we think very, very highly of right, Jason and his guest team many times. Mm -hmm. and their work, but they're looking at, at nominal returns on equities in the single-digit range. Well, when you start looking at where yields are on these bond portfolios now, it's getting actually quite competitive and compelling. Um, and in fact, one of the best ideas we have for taxable investors is high quality munis, particularly when you tax adjust those yields. And if you happen to be a taxpayer in New York or California, those, those yields are now in that seven to eight percent range tax adjusted. So it, to your point, the, to the TINA, argument that there wasn't an alternative, well, bonds are back and they are more compelling. 
Will they get even more compelling? Maybe. And the final thing I would say is over the last many years, probably at least a decade, we have seen investors, some of them following those strategists' advice, or right. asset allocators who have brought down core investment, investment grade uh, rated allocations to the lowest levels we have seen in our careers. So as rates are rising at the margin, it's starting to tip. We think once the market settles a bit in here, we think it will tip money back in towards bonds. In a Morningstar interview, Mary Ellen, you said that liquidity, especially in a crisis, that liquidity is incredibly important. And you mentioned earlier that you actually, one of the services that you provide to investors is you want to provide them liquidity. How do you do that? Actually, investors, whether they invest with us and use our bond portfolios for their bond positions or they're doing individual bonds themselves, typically they will have layers of liquidity and cash is the ultimate um, right. liquidity vehicle. Our portfolios carry a little bit of cash. Treasuries are very liquid. Um, typically you can you could sell treasuries on the bid side of the market and the execution is actually quite good. After that typically it's asset-backed, AAA rated asset-backed securities. Certainly, um, many of the securitized, the AAA rated mortgage-backed securities. So you start layering and you can have many, you know, many sectors right. and a large portion of your portfolio that is relatively or readily liquid. But liquidity, liquidity into a crisis is number one, two, and three. Make sure you really understand how liquid your portfolio is and that you will never be in a position of being a forced seller. The last time you were on a couple of years ago, uh, your one investment for a long-term diversified portfolio was small cap stocks, a, a well-diversified, well top-quality small cap stock fund. Uh, it's a very different environment now. What would your recommendation be today? I ran into our, our SMID growth, it was our annual meeting yesterday, and I ran into our our SMID growth portfolio manager. Right, small to mid-cap growth, that <laughs> Small means. to mm -hmm. mid-cap growth, and I, I mentioned that my recommendation had been a general recommendation, so we talked about that it, certainly valuations have gotten more compelling. But the, this might surprise you, you know, and certainly uh, I, I do believe those higher growth rates that uh, portfolios and, and investors who do have very long time horizons um, should take advantage of that. But given market conditions today, what is really compelling when we look at the municipal bond market, again, for a lot of your mm -hmm. audience are taxpayers, obviously, and when you look at where the muni market is today, uh, in particular, and you look out in that 10 to 15 year double A area, you've got a 4% yield now. And then you tax adjust that, and it's close to 7%. Wow. And then if you look at for you know New York and California taxpayers, you're getting you know in that 8% effective range. That over time is is tough to uh, to compete to beat. with, mm -hmm. particularly for a portion of your portfolio that can be your foundation. So, um, and then what's also interesting in the municipal market is coming through the pandemic, 
state, local, municipals um, made the case strongly to uh, the federal government that they were worried about their own fiscal health. And so they disproportionately received a lot of support. And so California right now has something like a $98 billion budget surplus. Texas, $24 billion. Texas, I mean, it's way beyond rainy day funds at this right. point. So from a, um, a fundamental vantage point, these municipal markets about as solid as, you know, as it could be. Um, so that would be my one recommendation for taxable investors. Take a look. Um, and again, it's that foundational piece uh, for longer term portfolios. Mary Ellen Stanek, such a treat to have you on. Congratulations on the Morningstar Award. It's it's really terrific. And given your performance, uh, you definitely, and your team's performance, you definitely uh, yeah, deserve it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It, it was just an enormous recognition of the team. Really grateful for that. At the close of every wealth track, we try to give you one suggestion to help you build and protect your wealth over the long term. This week's Action Point borrows some advice from Mary Ellen Stanek, who emphasized how important liquidity is in her portfolios, especially in times of crisis. So this week's Action Point is pay attention to liquidity in your portfolios. Cash and equivalents are the most obvious choices to both cushion the portfolio against market declines and have funds to invest during them. But in the investments themselves, having some high quality funds or securities identified ahead of time can also provide some financial and psychological comfort. Stanek calls her bond fund sleep insurance. It's a concept that should be part of every portfolio. Well, next week, the antithesis of sleep insurance. Crypto expert Matt Hogan brings us up to date on the future of cryptocurrency investments. In this week's extra feature, Mary Ellen Stanek explains Baird's servant leadership approach and why it is paying big dividends at the firm. We invite you to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and our YouTube channel. Thank you for watching. Have a wonderful Father's Day weekend and make the week ahead a healthy, profitable, and productive one.